Welcome to Ask the Accountant, the podcast that is made for you. Weekly podcast live Mondays from 8.30 a.m., released on the podcast service of your choice on Wednesdays. Your main weekly hosts, Aaron Patrick and Johan Gary. Got something to ask? Submit your questions below or ask during the show. Podcast loading. We are currently getting everything set up behind the scenes. So sit back, relax, and we will be with you in a few seconds. Enjoy. Well, good morning, everybody, and a very warm welcome to Ask the Accountant. It is episode number 17, as we've had a little debate off air to make sure we got that one right. And the date is 13th of February, 2023, a day before Valentine's Day. So I am your host for today, Mr. Aaron Patrick, and with me is my co-host, Johan. Johan, how has your week been? Good morning, Aaron. Yeah, we. it was a busy week last week. I was all over the place um, trying to find any time to even make a coffee last week was pretty challenging uh, at one point um but it ended on a really positive meeting at uh, quickbooks head office with yourself and loads of other great faces and people um so yeah it was all worth it in the end it certainly was it was a great little uh, end to the week wasn't it oh well towards the end of the week should we say oh, yeah. um and we'll, we'll talk about that in due course uh, remember, this show is all about yourself as the wonderful listeners of Ask the Accountant. So do make sure that you uh, drop us a question if you're listening live, just like Ashley is there. Hi, Ashley. Great way to start the week. Thank you for joining. And I'm sure there's plenty of us out there as well. If you do have a question, though, just drop the question into the comment box and we'll talk about it live on air. But if you have a question for further down the line or if you're thinking about it and you listen to this podcast later down the line, then don't forget we've put our feedback slash question uh, post in the um in the feedback as well or in the in the link as well and you should have the opportunity then to be able to drop us some questions for next week and we've got rachel there as well hello rachel good morning to you too All right so let's figure out what topics we've got today so let's figure out what we learned from quickbooks um what was the official title is it quickbooks accountants day celebration of accountants quickbooks day? accountants council QuickBooks Accountant Council. Uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll talk, give us some feedback on that one. We've got um, the fact that accounting firms are doubling down on school recruits. What could that mean for the industry? Um, and we've also got potentially, we'll talk about some mid-market um, software coming down the line as well. So we've got some great inf- great chats to talk about. And then to finish off the show today, before we have a bit of fun, we'll figure out what OpenGT or ChatGPT thinks that accountants should have for Valentine's Day. So I mean, what, how long you got left? You got what, a couple of hours still to go? So maybe this will save your day, and you can thank us later in the comment section. Plenty of time to talk Valentine's Day out if you've not done anything for it, like I. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and hopefully, hopefully we can help. Um, we've got some great comments coming through already. Hello, Merlin. There, hello. How's it doing? And Dylan's asked a really good question, but what we're going to do is save that question if you don't mind, Dylan, till the end of the show. All right, main topic of the day. Main topic we want to talk about is our little trip to London. So I think Yoni, I think you should just give you give us your story of how you got there. Yours, I mean, yours was a bit of an epic tale, if I'm honest. When you think about the, the travel you've done, the distance you've done, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So you want to give a bit of a 
breakdown of your story of the day um, and then we can get into kind of what we learned and everything else from it. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Um, so, yeah, my day started at 5.30 in the morning for a meeting that started at midday. Um, so being based in Edinburgh, I had to get myself down to London. So I uh, got the train down, which is yeah, four and a bit hours. It's nice and direct. And you know what? I get so much work done on the train when it's not crowded. And funnily enough, the seven o'clock train to London from Edinburgh is quite quiet. So not many people are that mad to get on the train that early. Um, and wasn't it a fancy solution on the train? Wasn't there some sort of QR code system or something? Oh, yeah. The uh, the levels of service on LNER are just fantastic. Like You've got a comfortable seat. No one sat next to me. Quiet carriage. So I'm sat there doing my work. And I, I'm so efficient now on working on trains. I don't even get up to get my coffee. So I scan their little QR code thing and order the coffee to my uh, to my seat. I mean, that's in normal class. That's not even in first class or anything. When um, first, my that's it. Like, I'm sat there thinking, why would I? Why would I justify paying for first class an extra hundred odd pounds when I can do it from here? Um, so yeah, did that. Got quite a lot of work done that morning, to be fair. Um, and then. Uh, Jumped on the Victoria line, spent the day afternoon at QuickBooks and then managed to get back for my train at seven o'clock at night, which was the last train back. I managed to get onto it with seven minutes to spare. So um, only for it to sit there for 10 minutes because they couldn't find a fault on the train. So after 10 minutes, someone had the genius idea of turning it off and turning it back on again. And that fixed it. So we were off on our way. So I got home about half midnight so a nice 18 hour day to really hammer home the uh, effort required for an afternoon meeting at QuickBooks head office. Um, but I don't resent it. I don't regret it. It was an absolutely fantastic afternoon. There were some really great people in that room, both from QuickBooks and from the accounting industry. QuickBooks did a really jo good job there of getting some well-known faces and not so well-known faces, but people that have got some fantastic views and opinions on things into the room to help guide them on what they want to do in the future. Yeah. And I think that's the key yeah. thing, wasn't it? it? We, we both were kind of, it, it came a bit of a surprise or not a surprise, but it was a bit of a shock to the system, wasn't it? In terms of um, just the timing of it all. Cause I think we both forgot that this was an event that should have happened. I think it was November time, wasn't it? Yeah. That was then pushed back. Um, yeah. And it was scheduled for International Accountants Day originally, exactly. um, yeah. but due to all the train strikes and tube strikes, they decided we'd rather deliver it properly with everyone there by, postpone, by postponing it rather than doing it to a few people that could just about fight their way through into London. Exactly. But the whole event was really well well done. It was a focus on accountants first and giving us the opportunity, not just to sit in front of a an auditorium and being talked at for you know two hours plus or whatever it was going to be um it gave us an opportunity to actually it was, i mean we joked it was but it felt a bit like um speed dating didn't we you know we were yeah. given the opportunity to go to individual booths um each of those booths had uh various topics on so one of them was new innovations one of them was all about uh pro advisor portal things like that and then the idea was that as we went around we were given 10 minutes on each one it didn't work like that we were too busy talking too busy uh um, talking to the rest of the group 
Um, but the idea was that we could then go around those different booths, actually talk to people who were involved in maybe that side of the product or get, give us an opportunity to give proper feedback to there. And it worked really well. Now, we unfortunately can't talk about every aspect that was there because there's a few things that will be announced during QuickBooks Connect, which is at, what less than a month away now. Um, and we don't want to steal the fund on that one because trust us, like, let's build this hype train up. There are some things that are going to be announced that we think is going to be really, really um, important to the industry. So we're really, really excited to be able to talk about that in more detail. And what's more interesting is a comment that got made by an employee of QuickBooks at the end of the day, where they'd actually pulled some of the things they were going to show us on the day the night before, because they realized not everyone that was in that room was under a non-disclosure agreement. So if we've only seen the things that they're happy for us to talk about in theory to the public, and then not only is there a lot to be announced on QuickBooks Connect, but there's even potentially even more than we know about right now. So yeah, there's no fear of going to this conference in March and there being no real juicy topics to cover and no real big moments of product release or anything like they've got a hell of a day packed in and i'm now sat questioning is one day enough for it all that's the problem isn't it yeah yeah definitely definitely 100 um but let's talk about a little things that we can talk about so one of the ones that and, and we can again we can only kind of give um clues towards it but one of the things they talked about was gamification wasn't it Mm. Um, and giving us the accountants because one of the things that was really impressive and I'm really liking the fact of is that they've changed their mindset or at least they're telling us they've changed their mindset in terms of we're not just going to be focused on the end consumer so which was a big part of what QuickBooks was for the last couple of years but they're refocusing back on the accountants and trying to put them in the forefront and give them a bit more of a, a say which for us is absolutely brilliant. You know, it gives us the opportunity to give that feedback, as we've said. Um, and one of their kind of ways of showcasing this is this whole gamification of, 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 the, of the accountant's area, basically. Giving us the opportunity to, you know, get points, get prizes, um, give us the opportunity to, you know, maybe have a bit of competitive edge to some of our, you know, peers. Um, what did you think to all this? Yeah, and what, what was your opinion on the, on the whole thing? I think it's a fantastic idea. I mean, um, if you look at the example to Dex, aka Receipt Bank, um, they have a uh, gamified option as a community base for Dex users. So you can go in there, and if you read their articles, you get a few points. If you share that article on your social medias, you get some points. Um, if you reach certain tariffs, like certain levels of number of clients using the product, certain number of documents being published, et cetera, you get loads of points. Um, and then you can use those points in the um, in their gift shop, if you will. Um, and we were chatting to Ariona uh, from Majors Accounting on Thursday at a QuickBooks event, and she was saying she got free iPads out of that. Like, that, that's just fantastic. You know, for the sake of spending a bit of time on the community where you do get some genuine insights, some great case studies, some great insights on how others are using the product. Um, there is a league table and you can see where you are on that league table at any time. Um, but you can get anything from a pair of QuickBook, uh, sorry, a pair of Dext socks through to pens, pads, an iWatch, iPad, uh, 
some of the best hoodies used to be on there. I got a really nice hoodie off there, like proper thumb holes, nice padded hood. I, I think I had it for two days before the wife stole it, and I've never seen it again. That shows the um, quality there, doesn't it? Oh, it does. Like If, if my wife's getting prepared to wear something that's branded, then you know it's good quality and it's comfortable to wear. Um, but yeah, like you can get some good stuff off that. And people were really incentivized to do it and to share the posts to get the points to get the prizes. So it just proves even in a boring old fashioned industry that is accounting allegedly, gamification works. So yeah, I'm excited to see the gamification come through. And I'm excited that it's not just targeting firm owners, it's f- targeting all pro advisors. So whether that's the firm owner through to whatever level of admin you've got QuickBooks certified so they can do some basic stuff on QuickBooks, they can all take part in this. And it's not all accounting focused. It's around different things. And, you know, there's a bit of marketing in there and stuff like that. And I think that's just a great way to expose a team member to a different field that ultimately, if you're going to be a firm owner in the future, you're going to need to understand a bit about marketing because ultimately you're a business owner. So if we can expose them to that and give them some basic understanding, that sets them up for the future. But also it might reveal, actually, I really enjoyed that. That's a, you know, it becomes a bit of a passion and a project of theirs to then focus on, at which point as employees, uh, employers, we're getting even more value out of our employees. So yeah, huge benefits uh, from the gamification and rolling it out to everyone. I'm, I'm excited to see the full detail of it and to discuss it more and to see how the team embrace it um, going forwards. But having seen it work for Dext and they've got the gift side nailed in get Dext and they've got the whole making sure people are interacting with their social media posts by giving them points nailed. I think QuickBooks could learn a very large amount from that. Um, I'd argue their certification process and their training is very basic at Dex compared to QuickBooks. So if QuickBooks can learn what Dex have got really right and put that into the rest of what they've already got, I think it's a hugely beneficial uh, thing to come out in the next few months. And it's interesting to see the passion behind it as well, wasn't it? We, we got yeah. to actually look and talk to people who were been building this process and and you know had an idea that they just had from from the start and see it come out to fruition um so that i think that really just showed that there'll be a lot of lot of um excitement coming from it and also if i put my kind of training hat on like you said there about the the training side of things i i know from behind the scenes it's given us as trainers the ability to have more, much more breadth to it you know it's, it's going away from just having that core and then advanced certification which which is fantastic and they're really meaningful and they're really useful but we're always limited to time and we're always limited to what we were able to actually deliver as a training product with this though it gives us that chance to have multiple strands to it multiple elements to it and we can really go into detail about how to best use quickbooks which is what it's all about and i know you know the rest of the team and myself we're really excited to be able to kind of bring some stuff in like that so yeah no absolutely loved it um we also got to to see some some of the kind of new innovations, which we, we can't wait to talk about, as we've said before. Um, but it was also good to kind of just get that opportunity to to give feedback there and then, wasn't it? Like, I know you were able to give some really crucial feedback to it, um, and, and we all were. And then at the end, we were also given the opportunity to talk to basically the whole room about 
feedback and how we're doing and everything else. And I think, you know, they were definitely even like the the, the head of um, head of UK QuickBooks, so Joe Joe Lon and else, we were seeing them writing stuff down, weren't we? we were, you know, Nick Williams was there writing stuff down as well. You know, proof's going to be in the pudding, but it looks like they were us- using that opportunity, using that time accordingly, which was good to see, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I'm always dubious of any big companies that say they're going to change the path and change tack and start focusing on something else. But I, I always think that if you're going to do that, when you've got a change of leadership is the time to do it. You know, Joe Lorne seems to be very passionate about accountants, focused on accountants. Um, and if that's you know, if we've got an accounting council out of this already, where they seem to have taken on a lot of our feedback from uncontrolled channels, shall we say. So like people are just feeding back to them constantly, but they've taken a lot of that on board and we've seen huge improvements in some of the products that are coming out because of our feedback in a non-structured way. So to have that now in a structured manner can only be a good thing. Um, And yeah, I, you know, I will give Jolorn the chance to prove that she is true to her word and that her focus is accountants. Like we can all stand up on the stage and say we're going to do something, whether we do or not, it's a different matter. Um, but you know, there's no track record of her in the UK running UK QuickBooks, so let's give her a chance to prove that she is going to do what she says she's going to do. And at this moment in time, I feel that she is working towards delivering what she wants, wants to deliver. Yeah, and with, with Nick Williams being, you know, effectively the right-hand man sort of idea and having that product lead and everything else, it's, it's looking positive, isn't it? I mean, he's very much focused on accountants. So, yeah, it gives us an opportunity. And, you know, I know from some of the feedback we've already given that there is some, you know, some changes are, are coming soon. So, yeah, it's going to be good to see that. Wonderful. All right. Okay. So that's exciting, isn't it? And we can't wait to tell you a little bit more. We've been, I know we've been a little bit vague on some of the announcements and everything else, but you know, it is for good reason. And I pro- promise you that when we are allowed to talk, and we'll be talking your ears off about those features. So the next bit we want to talk about is how it seems like, and to be honest, I thought this was already the case, but you know, we've had a, 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 um, um, an article on accountancy age that just means it's true now. So if it's written on accountancy age or any of the other publications, and finally it's uh, it's true. But UK accounting firms doubled down on school recruit amid talent war. So I'm pretty sure everyone's aware at the moment of the difficulty that we've got in recruitment these days. Um, and it says that the way to evade the talent crisis is basically to go in and to make sure that we get the school um, recruits in from day one looking at things like apprenticeship schemes and items like that to really encourage them to bring them in and to mould them into the training that you would like your recruits to be. Um, for me, this has been how we've always had to do it, in, in, especially in Boffix. Like we, we've never had that luxury of being able to rely on recruitment firms to be able to bring us in the talent that we've needed. So we've had to kind of always force and go down it. Now, my question to you, Jan, and, and, and how you're been or your experience has been is it's all well and good us targeting as an accounting firm and trying to encourage people to come through the apprenticeship schemes but ultimately for me i feel like the best place or the, the most impactful place to doing that is your accounting profession bodies so your aat your icaw your acca you've got the scottish equivalent i've forgotten what it's called icas is it maybe um yeah 
yeah um but those are the places where realistically if this is going to work that's got to be coming from them how's your experience been with this is this something you've been doing before or or is this something you've ever um uh, ever kind of had problems with in the past my my overall concern about this whole thing is the pe- the firms that have got the resources money and time to go into schools the credibility for schools to let them in to talk to their students are they really the firms that you want advertising and promoting accountancy of the future because i'd argue they're probably not like these are big firms that have archaic processes and someone's going to try and do me for slander for this but i don't care they can join the line but like they're pushing over time they're making you know pushing study at your own time at your own pace uh, at home they they they're going for apprenticeships because they want cheap labor like these are not the firms that are out there going unlimited holidays work from home as much as you like flexible working hours you choose your own career paths within our business if you're interested in this we will support you with that yep they're not the firms that do that they're the firms that go We'll take you from school, we'll put you into an apprenticeship, you'll sit in this cubicle and you're going to do bank reconciling for the next two years. And that's all you're going to do. Then you're going to spend a year doing VAT recon- uh, reports and that's all you're going to do. There's no wonder there's people dropping out left, right and centre because they think it's boring. Mm. If we could, you know, if we can get young people into proactive in uh, industry leading firms that doesn't need to meet that doesn't mean they're in the top 10 or top 100 firms they're just proactive modern run businesses then we might be able to help get them into getting them into the industry and keep them at the moment we're piling in high volumes of people at apprenticeship levels and stuff because mom and dad's oh go be an accountant that'll be a good steady job you'll always need an accountant and life's miserable because you're just doing the same thing for two years. Like, until we get how until we get the running of our own firms properly nailed to make it enticing and exciting for young people to come in, then they're not going to be interested in us. They are going to go out and do whatever whatever else their mates are doing. Like I I know there's a drop off of figure of people taking up accounting at universities and colleges. Yeah, which is understandable, really, isn't it? It's not. Yeah, it's a dry topic. Exactly. Like, I and to be fair, the best employees I've ever had are ones that have learned on the job, not through college and university, where they've divulged the textbook, they can answer the questions in the right order, but as soon as you put them in front of a person that's got a business, they clamp up and they're useless. The what we need is a better way of getting people into the industry and on the job training, but in a real diverse way so that we're not just going, well, well, you can't do anything until you've got bank reconciling nailed and that's going to take you two years of sitting in the cubicle. Uh, we need to have those people out doing client meetings, shadowing client managers or account managers, whatever you want to call them, from day one. Like They've got to see what the bigger picture is. And when you're just blinkered, just processing bank reconciling, it's it's boring um and so i wonder yes we've seen a drop off people doing the courses 
but how many people actually enter the industry and drop out within a year or two? And actually, how many of those drop out because they've just been poorly led, poorly managed, and just put in a in a pigeonhole and that's it, that's all they do? Yeah, it's that pigeonhole status that really winds me up. And I think that's the bit where you get such a big difference in terms of what people perceive or what an accounting career can be. You know, you basically pigeonhole into whatever the need of the practice is at that point in time. You know, if they need payroll, if they need auditing, if they need whatever, whatever they're there, you know, they need resource for at that point, you pigeonhole into them. And then really from your point of view, it's, it's look at the drawers where your career takes you, doesn't it? Like, you know, that's, that isn't going to entice younger people to really want to stay in the accountancy profession. You know, we've, we've been trying, I know we've, we've done it ourselves, haven't we? And in, in, in some um, initiatives and, you know, it's about trying to make sure that we're showcasing county for what it should be. You know, we're trying to push business advisory and we keep saying this is a sexy word, but ultimately we should be pushing that from day one, shouldn't we? Like these younger people that are coming in, they're going to be the future of what business advisory can be. You know, they're not, you know, they're not just coming in because of their skill set of, like you said, bank reconciliations or getting the best VAT returns, you know, done in, in the shortest amount of time or whatever the skill set is of a a certain workforce they're coming in with the opportunity and hopefully the appetite to be able to go in and problem solve and i think that's where that's where we can show accountancy is its best light you know the idea that it is problem solving it is helping clients it is giving opportunities to to help small businesses you know like we've said before on this show and we'll we'll say it a lot of times when when you look at recruitment and you look at trying to bring people in your own practice Sometimes empathy is one of the highest bits that you want to be looking out for. Like, you know, if you can find someone who cares about small businesses and wants to help them succeed, well, that's a massive part of of helping and, and getting them interested in accountancy. And one, in, and you know that that person's going to be around for the long haul. Um, you know, we can't, we can't, like you said, we can't be sending in uh, people or firms in there that's going to be trying to say how it's so great to file that returns because ultimately that's not exciting it's not it's not joy joyful is it but if you can go in and tell people that actually you're giving the opportunity to help small businesses grow and prosper and finding solutions for them and problem solving then that has to be exciting doesn't it and that's where yeah. we should be pushing it yeah definitely i mean until the the big boys catch up like the the industry's in trouble because the smaller firms like ourselves we haven't got the resources, the capacity, or the in, the money to invest in taking on waves of apprenticeships, etc. We need to rely on the big firms to do that to get people into our industry. But we need the big firms to be using the latest tech, the latest processes, the latest softwares. Otherwise, people will be bored and walk away. Yeah, hundred <clears throat> percent. And also, it's not just um, like it's not just time for us and, and, and capacity. It's, you know, as a small, as a smaller firm now, we, we get to look at a bigger geographical area. Gone in the days when, you know, there was one or two accounting firms in each town, city or whatever it's going to be. And it was, you know, which one of those are you going to choose? Nowadays, because of working from home, because of that, we, we get to open our doors up to a much wider geographical area, doesn't it? So, you know, as a small, small accounting firm, are we supposed to go to, the 50 odd that are in our catchment area now that or if you're nationwide you have to go to every single school and 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 try and pitch it there so yeah 
it's much more difficult for, for the likes of us. That's why, you know, and I know, you know, people are, are trying to change it. You know, Rachel, who's shouted out here and, and great shout out to the work she's done so far. Um, she's trying to push AAT to be more, um, you know, say the right words and everything else. I, you know, as part of ICAW Small Practice Committee, I'm trying to help and, and, and guide that way of, of doing it as well. And, you know, there are, we're trying to do little things, but we, you, like you said, we need the big boys to step up and, and bring it to the plate. And, and then, you know, those accounting professions then can see like a much more, um, you know, worthwhile career choice and not just because accounting is quite high up the alphabet that that gets spotted more than <laughs> i'm sure that's how some of the people get into the industry it's like let's go down the list uh yeah i'll stop accounting i'll do <laughs> yeah so, um, as you said about empathy as well like you can't get into my like you can't get into my leadership team and have a role in my leadership team if you've not run your own business at some point in your career that, that is just a rule we have so that my team have always got empathy uh, with all the big decisions that are being made, anything we do, so like how would we have felt as business owners about that decision? Would that have helped us or hindered us? So people coming out of college and university with these qualifications, that's all well and good, but unless you can prove empathy towards a small business owner, it's not going to get you anywhere. Like you, I'd put more value on, and I think you and I have both said this to university students directly that we would put more value on people that have that stay, tell us that they've been watching youtube videos and they really like this business coach method or they've been listening to podcasts and these are the relevant topics of the day blah 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 rather than someone comes in that goes i've got this certificate and it's like cool doesn't just means you know where to put the right answers into a box that doesn't mean you understand business it doesn't mean you can empathize with people um so yeah, it's my concern is it's the wrong people getting people trying to get people into the industry, and the dropout rates are going to be too high here. Yeah, because <clears throat> as you already said, like county is such a diverse area, you know, and and if we're just going to be pigeonholing them into audit, for example, which is where most of the you know the big boys just push them into, then realistically, from a skill set point of view, what what are they going to come out with that's going to be useful for the likes of us? Like, you know, an ex auditing doesn't matter how good they were at auditing X Y Z. You know, from from our point of view, from all the skill sets we're looking for, it's not quite going to work for us. So they will then be pigeonholed for the rest of their career into being auditing and, and maybe you know maybe sidetracking into more of the one. So yeah, it, it's going to be tricky. It is definitely need something that we need to fix at, and you know hopefully fingers crossed that with the more recruits coming through it gives us an opportunity to bring it in paul comes in and says um i like taking apprentice but it's difficult to find constant work for them especially during the quiet months as a small practice yeah um i i can't simplify with that because i don't have quiet time ever but i do understand where you're coming from there paul i do i do think it's one of those because especially in their early days in apprenticeship uh, apprentice you do need to spend a lot of time with them you do need to make sure nurture them and g give them that that time um so there's a lot of time investment in each and every apprentice that you're going to bring through um so i can definitely understand that one uh, yeah do you actually bring apprentices on at the moment yeah and is that something you're, you're actively doing or we keep looking at it the problem we've got in scotland is apprenticeships are very poorly funded and supported compared to england so if we were based in england yes we probably would do more apprenticeships so like um at the time when the government were pushing apprenticeships 
I think, Aaron, you'd have been offered five grand to bring someone in to spend on equipment, setting them up, et cetera. There was no support ever whatsoever like that in Scotland. So we weren't incentivized to take on apprenticeships. The, the biggest headache for us is to make an apprenticeship work and be profitable, in effect, for us, because ultimately we're running a business. It needs to, we need to see a profit out of this. Um, whether it's today, tomorrow, or in five years' time, to make it efficient, you probably want two or three apprentices with one person that's just full-time yeah. dealing with those apprentices with the, with a client bank. So that means that someone's not... So we've got three, three apprentices who are costing us money but not overly productive, and we've got one person that's costing us a lot more money who's less productive than they are now because they're now spending loads of time training apprentices. They, there's got to be a scalability there. It's got to be an efficient and cost-effective use of resources. Um, and, yeah, at the moment, that we're struggling to get to that point where, you know, I could bring in an apprentice and move someone's workload around a bit, yeah. but then... To make that affordable, we need to grow the client base. Well, to grow the client base, I need more capacity, and I've just taken capacity away from my team to train an apprentice. So it's a chicken and egg situation. Um, but, yeah, we, we would love to be able to go out and train apprentices and have them in our team. The biggest headache we've got is us as a firm understanding all the rules, do workplace risk assessments well most of our guys work from home so that means i've got to do a risk assessment of their home and then i've got to make sure they've got enough contact time to get their training in there and i've not really got the people in my team at the moment that have got that drive or passion to train and develop someone else so that would then fall on me and you know we were just comparing diaries earlier around and off, off air and i couldn't wholeheartedly turn around and say I can give this apprentice the time they need to do to learn what they need to learn. Um, and then every governing body that you try and put them through for different qualifications will say, well, for the, per the person responsible for the apprentice got to have X qualifications, X experience, and it just becomes a minefield. Um, so, yeah, so we, we've just kind of gone, well, we'd love to, but is it practically achievable? Yeah. And, nine and that's a huge shame, isn't it? That, that's like that's the bit where it becomes a bit of a kicker, doesn't it? Because the whole, you know, for me, the beauty of being able to bring apprenticeships on is you get that opportunity to mould and, and bring them into, you know, doing stuff a different. We've said it already, like, we don't want to be just coming in and doing it, you know, the old-fashioned way that's been done for 30-odd years. We want to look at things in a different way, look at things more efficiently, look at things in a way where we can give the, the chance for our team to have that that capacity to be able to do more good than just filing a VAT return. That's, you know let's find ways where we can we can speed that process up but then be able to bring in opportunities to actually help clients look at cash flow and everything else that comes with it um and the only way we've been able to achieve that is by being able to mold people into that mindset into that opportunistic look at it you know if we were to bring people in especially in our area when we you know in our local area very very old school practices that that dominate the kind of recruitment and everything else and and if we're looking to bring people on from those, it would have spent, it, we, we were trying to completely change the way they've been doing it for the past X amount of years. And it was going to prove difficult. So, 
yeah, it's a shame that there isn't that incentive up in Scotland to do it because, like you said, for us, we do get that incentive, and it does make you know makes it more worthwhile. It's not perfect; like there's still a lot of effort we have to do, and there's a lot of work that we've got to bring in. Um, but it is that better opportunity to at least give us a fighting chance to make it work. So, like, that's a massive shame, and it's it's a lost opportunity for you guys, isn't it? Yeah, definitely, and yeah, I mean, I could go on for hours on various political views of it all but yeah ultimately we're not incentivized to do it we need some kind of we shouldn't need incentivizing i agree but at the same time the amount of work time and resources we need to put into it it's got to be a logical business decision and at this moment in time it's just not yep yep and yeah and until we find a way to make that the case is never going to change is it so unfortunately okay let's um let's change a little bit of our tack for now and let's just quickly go through some of these questions that we've had because we've got two really good juicy questions that come through and then that gives us a chance to finish the day off on a bit of a lighter note so first of all dylan rees asked the following i'm getting near the vat threshold as an ebay reseller any tips or advice and i'm not going to avoid it as i can't claim from my cash purchases Oh, Dylan, we uh, we get this question a lot. We've actually got a shameless plug here, but there is actually some videos on my channels just to give you some incentives or, or give you some opportunities to look at it. But yeah, we feel your pain. Um, for anyone who doesn't understand kind of the pain that that Dylan's going to go through here, um, a lot of the market or a lot of the online resellers or online marketplaces now are doubling down on VAT and. Um, um, self-assessment income tax as well um basically because hmrc are putting pressure on them so whereas before you were, could be kind of maybe a little bit loose in terms of you know are you are you able to hit that 85k threshold and you know can you just sit there a little bit unfortunately with ebay and the rest of them we don't know what their threshold hits so they have their own internal thresholders to what you hit before they want to see a VAT registration number and the reason for that is because eBay and the rest of those selling platforms out there have that or, or they know and they have that fear that you're not just selling on that one platform. You may be selling on other platforms at the same time. So if they had an 85,000 threshold or whatever they want to put as their number, that might not be enough to hit whatever the other selling platforms you're on. So your problem you have with eBay and all these ones is you may well be happily sat at the 60 50,000 threshold but you may trigger their internal requirement for you then to have to actually provide a VAT return forcing you to go back registered before you can um, because there are various ways in which you could um, make sure that you do keep below the threshold you can kind of work your business that way you could try and do that but ultimately if you don't know what this quote-unquote threshold is going to be and there's a there's an ambiguity to what that number is it's always going to be really, really difficult to run a business based on trying to keep below a number that you don't know what it's going to be. So we do see this problem a lot at the moment. Now, the other thing so people can know that that why, especially for eBay resellers and, and people who use eBay, majority of the time that you're trying to sell products and services that you can't just go and add 20% onto. Because if you just add 20% onto everything you sell, well, then people are going to just search for the next cheapest item and you'll never be able to be able to make the numbers work for you so you're always going to be in a position where vat unfortunately is going to hit you quite hard um our biggest tip and, and the way that we try and push or, or and it's not an easy solution we need to try and smash that eighty-five thousand threshold and try and get 
much higher into the 100K kind of kind of uh, turnover to be able to make it worthwhile. The other thing to look at is there are some schemes out there. So there's what's called Global Margin Scheme, uh, which is a VAT scheme to try and help you. And um, the fact that you can't, as you said there, reclaim that VAT on your purchases. There's opportunities like that. And there's also the flat rate scheme as well that might be applicable, might be a, a way in which you can actually do it. So there are schemes designed to help you um, in your particular situation, Dylan, but it is uh, it is a tricky one. And it's something that like I said, plenty of videos to, to look out for. Jan, have you had similar problems with your clients? Is it kind of one of those? Yeah, I mean, not as much with online retailers um, because, you know, that's your field of expertise. We've seen it a lot more in construction where they've done quite well as they've just been the, the local gas fitter, the local plumber, the local electrician that goes around to Mrs. Smith's house and does a job. But because of demand, they've suddenly got really close to the VAT threshold and they've got two choices. One is they go VAT. Well, they've got three choices. One is they go VAT registered, put their prices up by 20% because they're now VAT registered and lose out to every other on every job that they quote because they're now 20% more expensive than all their competitors who aren't VAT registered yet. The second option is to put their VA, the prices up by a smaller percentage taking into account the VAT they're going to reclaim so that they can offset some of the in price increase, but you're still going to lose out on a majority of jobs because you're more expensive than the people that aren't VAT registered. And the third choice is you carry on as you are Go VAT registered. Don't put your prices up and know you're going to take a 20% hit on your profit. Now, you might be able to do that if you've been pricing well for the, and you're profitable. You know, if your profit's 30 40%, it might be affordable. But it's most cases, it's not. Um, so, yeah, like <clears throat> normally when we, see a, when we see someone in the trades industry go get to the point where they're VAT-able, they then also see, we tend to see them do a bit of a change in their audience and their mm. ideal client. They go from dealing with Mrs. Smith's boiler to dealing with businesses and yeah. contract work where they're going to be subject to VAT, but they can claim it back because the people they're dealing with are the bigger companies that have got VAT registration themselves. Yeah. Um, obviously not an ideal, not not an option for, uh, the online reseller, unless they start buying their goods from a VAT registered company. Yeah. Like, but it sounds like Dylan's buying things in cash from other places that aren't that registered. So that really isn't a huge option for them. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. It's, and this is the problem with the £85,000 limit. Exactly. Yeah. It's too easy to cruise under it. Like, I have a client who has said, look, up to £85,000, I can be profitable enough to live a lifestyle I want to live. Once I get to that, whether it takes me three months or 12 months or nine months, I'm not going to go past that. I'm going to close my business down. You know, and So he's a roofer. Mm. So he basically runs a season now of <clears throat> he'll do work during the winter because it's busy. That's demand time for storm and flood damage. He then ha normally has his spring off, does a bit of work in the summer because it's nicer to work in the summer, but he tailors it around what he wants to do with his holidays. And then he's back into the winter. Like, he doesn't have to push for work. He doesn't have to stress, I've got enough work coming in. He's got more than enough. 
he's turning it away because he doesn't want to cross that threshold. Yeah. So he's basically become a seasonal business. Whereas if we drop the VAT threshold in the whole country down to 10K turnover, and pretty much everyone that's in business then would have to be registered, well, <clears throat> not only would that help prevent this, oh, I'm not going to go past this 85K mark, it would help the economy grow, and we could potentially reduce, because of the huge increase in VAT returns, we could reduce the VAT rate that we pay. Instead of 20%, it could go down to 10%, and the revenue would maintain the same income because there's more businesses paying it. So, yeah, this 85K limit is really challenging for a lot of businesses, and it stumps economic growth. Exactly, and, and I completely agree. But then the uh, the other part of the argument and, and other people pushing for is why is it not growing and why is it not going even higher and that you know it's going to cause yeah, it's why is it not growing with inflation exactly exactly so yes it's uh it's it's one of those i think we'll be coming back to time and time again my final bit of advice for you dylan as well is if you are close to that VAT threshold is get yourself vat registered asap i know some horror stories out there where people have been taking six months to get their VAT registration through uh, for various issues, problems, HMRC, backlog, all this sort of stuff that comes through. Um, and unfortunately, eBay, if they want you to be back registered, then they will just close your shop. Well, in fairness, they don't close your shop, but they won't let you put any more listings on there at all, um, which could really stump for your, your, your shop going forward. So yeah, if you are close to that threshold, do make sure you get yourself out there um, uh, trying to get your... Um, VAT threshold number sorted. Um, we've got another question. So Seamus asks the following. I'm going to part-time business, making a loss with some part-time employment under PAYE. What's the best way to deal with business subsistence and travel expense that I pay myself? Should I claim for the business as a loan and building up debt or offset again, again, income tax in annual PAYE return? Dion, you want to have a stab at that one? Yeah, I'm going to make an assumption that you're doing a you're running a sole trader business here, not a limited company. Um, but either way, whether it's sole trader or limited, I would be registering all of my costs of running that business, and then how we treat that at the end is entirely open to a discussion with the accountant and the business owner. If it's a limited company, it's just going to be put down as a director's loan, which will be paid back to the director at a point of time when the business's cash flow can afford to do so. Um, if it's a sole trader, then it's a question of, you know, do we carry the loss forward? Is that going to be more beneficial based on your personal plans? Do we offset it against previous year's taxes? Like it's it's one of those we need there's so much of a bigger picture here that you really need to sit and have a chat with an accountant. So we understand all your incomes and all your outgoings, what your objectives of this part-time business is, what your objectives of the part-time employment are. So we can make sure we're giving you the right advice on that one for you personally. Um, but you've got a few different options. But either way, yes, record what you're what you're covering personally, because the business technically owes you that money back. Yeah, and, and then that's the important thing, isn't it? Is you know, getting in that mindset of actually recording it in the first place. I think a lot of people kind of forget that whole aspect that if you haven't recorded in the first place, then how are we going to know? Like, yeah, there is a chance for us to kind of go back and maybe do a bit of retrospectively look at bank statements and credit card statements or whatever it's going to be but actually it's going to be far easier to make that decision and be able to make a, a worthwhile case if we can see the information in the first place so yeah and like you said there's loads of reasons and, and the fact we've got changes in, in rates coming forward so 
maybe it is a limited company and maybe that's going to affect you going forward and um, tax rates going changing also there's a lot of considerations now it's yeah. not clear cut of let's do x let's do y um, i think having to having to look at the whole solution is going to be the best way so yeah, yeah. great question though and really appreciate both of those questions coming through the only thing yeah. i would add on to that one is regardless of the tax position if you're growing this part-time business with a plan of going full-time with it and you're not recording the true costs of running this business, how can you decide when the business can afford for you to go part full-time with it and to drop off the part-time employment? You know, so if you know, right, for me to work in this business full-time without any employment income, I need to achieve £25,000 sales or whatever it is, but you're not taking into account the £5,000 worth of travel and substance costs you're picking up a year that you're covering yourself at the moment, then you're going to make a decision and find yourself short very quickly. So, yeah, just regardless of the tax position, keep those records accurate and a true reflection of the true cost of running that business. Yeah, and we would recommend something like QuickBooks or we would. Zero or some of the others are mm -hmm. out there. Uh, we have to be unbiased, don't we? So yeah, <laughs> we would recommend you using the counting software. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, um, yeah. And which one you choose is up to you. Um, oh, and Paul says uh, he has clients that spend six months here and six months in Thailand, living like kings on the income generated over six months here. Absolutely, yeah. And that's what we're we're and and how damaging is that to the UK economy? So that's where it comes through, doesn't it? Um, so yeah, and that's the precedent we've set ourselves with the current VAT rate. All right, okay, we've got ten minutes left, so I wanted to do something a little bit different, a little bit more light-hearted. So as I said in the beginning of it, we said we talked about the fact that Valentine's Day is tomorrow. So what if you've left it to the last moment? What is your options? What can you go out there to to help accountants maybe get the present of their dreams? Well. I'll let you know a little secret um, going out there at the moment is, um, let me make sure I get the right screen coming up, um, but there is the opportunity to use technology to help us going forward. And with technology, one of the ones that's talking about a lot is the chat GPT. For anyone who doesn't know, this is more of an AI-driven search engine, which gives you a much more generic or much more language-based um, response. So I thought we'll pose a question live on the chat to say, what is the best present for an accountant on Valentine's Day? And we'll see what their answer is. So um, while it's kind of going through and doing it live there, Jan, have you been using ChatGPT for anything? Have you found anything useful out of it so far? I've played very lightly with it. Um, so I've asked important questions like, why is QuickBooks better than Xero? Um, <laughs> you know, those important philosophical questions have been asked. Um, and you get a very sat on the fence, non-biased response. <laughs> Um, with uh, you know, zero uh, QuickBooks may not necessarily be better than zero. Yeah, here are the points that zero have features, here are the features that QuickBooks has. And it's like, right, okay. Um, so yeah, it's I've played with it very lightly, but not nowhere near to the point that I could have. Um, it's something I'm keeping an eye on, and I will be potentially doing playing with a bit more. With, you know, like I'm still currently trying to write my session for QuickBooks Connect. So I might ask it a few questions and see what if it comes back with some better <laughs> responses than I would. So, yeah. That's it. I, I'm excited for the next stage of it. Bing's um, already, so Bing is a Google um, uh, or 
the rival to Google from Microsoft World, um, their search engine. And there's an integration with ChatGPT or, or equivalent there. Um, and what that opens up is the fact that it can now start searching the internet. And some of the responses coming back from there are absolutely mind-boggling. So, yeah, it could be a case where um, Google becomes less relevant going forward. But let's look at the question that has been posed to it. So what's the best present for an accountant on Valentine's Day? And GBT has come up with this particular response. Valentine's Day gifts for accountants can be both romantic and professional. Okay, here's a few ideas. A romantic getaway. Treat your accountant partner to a relaxing trip or weekend getaway. This is a great way to escape the daily routine, spend quality time together. Any recommendations you got there, Jan, that you would throw in for point number one? Uh, a trip to Mauritius. That's my room. That's my getaway. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my ultimate stop. But any city breaks in Europe are always very good. Cologne's fantastic for a weekend. So is Rome. Um, so, yeah, no, I. I don't disagree with point one, so... Yeah, yeah, point one's a good one. Uh, professional books and tools. Accountants are always looking to improve their skills and knowledge, so consider gifting them a book on accounting or the latest accounting software. What's your uh, point on that one? I mean, put it this way, I have a wish list on Amazon, and on my wish list is a series of books that my wife can buy me at any time she likes, whether that's birthday, Christmas or Valentine's Day. So, yeah, again, it's not wrong. And that's a fantastic book that Aaron's holding from uh, that Ash Beeston has written. Professional tips and workarounds for QuickBooks Online. Great book for any avid QuickBooks user. Um, it's quite, quite the uh, exercise book. Yeah. It's yeah. not one of those books you dreaded a teacher throwing at you in the classroom, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I don't know if it's romance necessarily, but, you know, I, I, I absolutely love this book. So, yeah, I'd highly recommend that one. Get yourself on Amazon now for that one. Um, personalized stationery. I mean, get your accountant partner personalized stationery, such as a customized notepad or personalized business card. What, what, what would you say if that's what you received? I... I would argue that's a like, yeah. The problem is the software providers are doing that for us. So, yeah, like, hang on, let me find it. Yeah, so I've got some uh, post-it notes here from uh, from QuickBooks. So nice reminders that you're seriously awesome. I I know I am. I don't need reminding, but every now and then it's nice to just to remind, see a reminder of it. Um, so yeah, that that. Most accountants and bookkeepers, when you talk to them on uh, LinkedIn, will get excited that they've had a stationary delivery or something's branded um, and get far too excited walking through a stationary shop. And I'm I'm there. I'm with them. Like, you know, I don't use pen and paper very much anymore. I'm more of an iPad and iPencil kind of guy. But I still enjoy going to my conferences and walking away with some nice new gimmicky stationery. Yeah, yeah, completely agree. Um, same point on the next one, a nice pen. An accountant spends a lot of time writing. Mm, do we these days? But yeah, okay. Um, so high-quality pen could be a useful and appreciated gift. And then the final one, the one I like the most, a custom-made calculator. Uh, give your accountant a custom-made calculator with their name or initials on it. Something like that. Oh, yeah, we're both on the same one. Play wavelength there. <laughs> so, yeah. Quick, I mean, calculator. Maybe there is room for your name on the back. You know what I mean? You know, back in yeah. school, you used to forget the Tipex and, and put it through there. <laughs> so, you know, really go to town on that one. But yeah, I mean, 
I think they've got a spot on there, haven't they? I mean, what else could we ask for? Um, I mean, I know what I'm it would be on yours. yours is anything Elgato related, isn't it? Would be a yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that, that's that's normally got a price tag beyond a Valentine's Day gift, if I'm honest. <laughs> so that is a problem. Um, yeah, I think the wife just looks at me a bit bemused now when I there's a new delivery. It's got Elgato written on it. It's like, oh, not us again. <laughs> so, um, but yeah. And then finally for today as well, just so we end on a thing. If, if those gifts are out of out of question, if you haven't got time to get there for you, then don't worry. QuickBooks have got you you covered. So <laughs> I need to give the, the social media team a bit of a, a what to call it on this one. Oh, wrong screen. Um, Oh no, it's not the right screen. Um, so their social media campaign, they've already got pre-printed um uh what you call it for you, uh, Valentine's Day cards. So just just give your opinion on this one. So we've got a lot of interest in you there. Yeah, very good. Oh, very good, very good. Very good. Yeah, yeah. Very current um, with the interest rates. Exactly, exactly. We've been together for 40 years, many happy returns, with a little tax return on there. Not so not not as keen on that one, but you can see no, where they're going. Not, not loving that one. No, no. Leave you that chance. So a bit of a pun on the eighty. Very good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and is that eggs there? We see, or is that money? Oh, it is money. Unfortunately, is it? No, yeah. They could have put eggs there just to really bring back. Tie it into the chicken advert. Exactly, exactly. Uh, Let's get physical. Risky. Yeah, I'm not 100 bought on that one, but I can see where they're going with it. I think there's one more. Late at night, I'll be. I'll be your holding, holding company. company. Oh dear! Oh dear! So shout dear. out QuickBooks on that one for uh, getting their cards in ready to go. So yeah, brilliant. And I think that's it. Today, go warm isn't with it? the printer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, get that one sent over, um, and, and we go from there. All right, awesome. So yeah, anything you want to kind of pro or talk about or promote for this week coming up? No, I don't think so. I mean, I've got to do a video and stick it out because we've just done another wave of updates for Client Engager, um, which are all out in the public domain as of last night. Um, a bit bit behind on my update videos there. Um, but no, I'm office-bound for the next week, basically. I've got two key team members off today and tomorrow, another one off Wednesday, Thursday, so I'm just about to support the team with whatever they need. And based on last week, I bet you can't wait. Well, um, Paul says, Paul says, wife got me a personalized destiny plate one year. Yeah, that's a cracking idea for uh, Valentine's Day, uh, opportunity or cring. So, again, thank you for everyone who's putting some comments in, it's been absolutely brilliant. Remember, if you want to listen to us live, then we go live at 8 30 a.m. each and every Monday morning. And we've kind of been talking in the background and making sure that we've got some contingency plans ahead, haven't we? Yeah, and so when that comes to comes to fruition we'll let you know more often so keep that in mind so we'll be making sure we're keeping on these um, 8 30 trains um for mondays and also don't forget that if you want to listen to a podcast then our podcast goes live on wednesday so if you haven't been able to listen to us live well, give us an opportunity and that is it that is this week's ask the accountant done and dusted hope everyone has a fantastic week ahead and we look forward to seeing you next week at 8 30 a.m if you're going to join us live or we get to see us on the um on the wednesday so with that it's a goodbye for me and a goodbye for me cheers everyone have a good week bye